Welcome to Mighty Creators, where we help creators produce content, grow audiences, and build revenue. My name is Asim Jalis, your host. Our guest today is Raf Spinoki, an expert on cryptocurrencies and NFTs. He's also writing articles for Nimbus.com and doing research for them. Welcome, Raf. Great to have you here. Welcome, Azim. Tell us, just in the simplest terms for our audiences, what an NFT is and also why a creator, someone who creates digital art or audio might be interested in it? Yes. Um, so I think when you look at, at, the, at the digital content industry as a whole, there was always one question, and that's copy. No? When you make a digital copy, it's basically a one-to-one copy, right? So if it's a JPEG or if it's a music file, if I copy it digitally, the copy is absolutely identical to the original. And so one of the questions is, in a market like that, um, how, how can, a, can a creator actually make money? Because basically, and we saw that with the music industry and Napster, there's absolutely no obstacle to music getting copied a thousand, a million and so on times without the, the, the creator seeing a single cent of revenue from these copies. And I think in a way, this is a tough question to answer because um, there's, there's basically two ways the, the music industry has gone about that. So at first they tried to, to do it with DRM, right? So you have something that actually makes copying the music very hard. And then... But basically, this, this has a lot of disadvantages because it makes it very hard for the owner, for instance, who bought the music to have it on his MP3 player and on his car radio, for instance. So actually, you were disincentivized to really get the, the original versus the copy. And they solved it via streaming by just making it really comfortable to kind of own the music. And I think with NFTs, we have something very special because for the first time, we have something that proves that a certain copy is the original, even though all the other copies are similar. And this is something I think we should spend a little time on because when you think about it, like the Louvre in Paris, right? It's full all the time. They open the doors, the museum is full. And in the museum, you have a lot of paintings. For instance, the Mona Lisa, probably the most important or famous painting in the in the Louvre. And actually... I don't know if you ever have been to Paris, but if you went to the Louvre, you probably saw that the Mona Lisa is actually a very small painting. It's probably, I don't know, 20 by 30 centimeters big. And um, has lots of people in front of it. So it's very disappointing. It's behind a a pane of glass to protect it. And um, there's 30, 40 people standing in front of it. So you only see it from a distance and then it looks so small but it has such a star appeal because so many copies of it are in circulation. Like everybody has seen it on, uh, in a calendar, in a school book. Uh, like there's so many copies and all the copies actually make the original more valuable because everybody knows there's only one original. And the same is happening with NFTs. So for instance, let's say, let's, let's take it one step further because you, you might argue that, yes, okay, the copies of the Mona Lisa, but they are not comparable to the original because they're not painted in that way and they are not in this wonderful frame and blah, blah, blah. 
But let's take it one step further and say, let's say I want to sell you my iPhone. I have an iPhone 11, let's say, and I wanted to sell it to you. And you would probably be willing to, I don't know, give me four or 500 euros for it. But what if I told you, Azim, this iPhone that I have, and I have a certificate to show for it, is the first iPhone to ever come from the production line. And I have a certificate to show it. So this would really add a lot of value. And this is exactly what happens with uh, NFTs. So even though you have a lot of copies, the the fact that you can demonstrate that you have the certificate of ownership is is the value of the of the NFT. Exactly. And I would even go one step further. It's not even though there are so many copies, but because there are so many copies. Because all of a sudden, when you have more copies, it means more people have seen it and more people are interested in it. Does the NFT include some kind of mechanism for DRM or it's independent of it? So there's a certificate of ownership, which is the NFT, and then you have the, the digital media itself, which could be copied. Is, is that correct? Absolutely correct, Azim. You, you nailed it. Um, you, you, you got it right off the, the bat. Uh, that's exactly what's happening. So actually, NFTs could work as some kind of cop of, of DRM in that way that, for instance, the artwork is only shown if you have the ownership of the, of the NFT. But usually that's not what hap- what's happening because this makes selling the NFT a little bit more difficult because if I sell an NFT that you can only see when you own it, I would basically have to tell you, look, Asim, this is the NFT. You can't see it yet, but once you pay me the X amount of money, I'll transfer it to you and then you will be able to see it. Yeah, uh, so it kind of separates the concept of just being able to see the digital asset and uh, enjoy it from ownership. So someone could see it, but they're just looking at a copy and then there's only one uh, owner of, of that specific asset. Absolutely correct. That's totally it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, so some of the creators, uh, people who make digital assets, images, audios, videos, they are interested in figuring out how they can get into NFTs and maybe sell them and auction them. So what is the easiest way to get into the space? Like if I have, let's say I have a JPEG, I want to mint an NFT for it. How much should I expect to spend? And what are some of the things I should think about? I'll answer this question in two parts because... One is how much you, you should be spending and the other one is like, what's the best way to do it? So currently there are multiple platforms where you can mint and sell NFTs. I would say the most popular by far is OpenSea. And then there is uh, other ones like Rarible that are also quite well known and also lesser uh, known ones that are actually quite good and gaining traction like Singular or Unifty. And... Um, Basically, OpenSea, being the biggest platform, probably exposes you to the most collectors, but you also have the most competition because um, there are so many artists who release on, on OpenSea that you're, unless you already have some kind of community that's, that's waiting for your work, it's, it's very hard that it will get noticed. No, it, it'll probably be drowned in a, in a sea of, of creations. And this tends to be less the case on smaller platforms, but then you also have the problem that the smaller platforms don't have so many collectors. So it's a little bit 
uh, of a trade-off that you have to do there. The other thing is uh, the fees that you um, should expect to pay. And um, OpenSea and Rarible mint on Ethereum. And Ethereum, because of the value of the currency at the moment, and because of some intrinsic uh, complexity in Ethereum, very high fees. So with very high, I would say at the moment, probably depending on the time of the day and how much um, uh, transactions are currently happening on the Ethereum market, it might be 20 to $30, but it could go up to as high as 100 or even 140 depending on the time of the day and how um, how much urgency you place on the minting. Because in Ethereum, the more you pay for a transaction, the faster it will get executed. So obviously, this is a lot of money already. And in a way, it's problematic if you want to sell NFTs for little because let's say you have a $100 minting fee, then it makes absolutely no sense to sell the NFT for less than $100, right? Because right. you wouldn't even make back your meeting fee. And I personally really love the platform called Singular. Um, and I'll send you the link on on uh, on a DM so you can include it in your show notes. Um, okay. It's on Kusama, which is the, the, the sister chain of Polkadot. And it's a wonderful NFT minting format. And there you actually pay cents for minting uh, an NFT. It's, yeah, so, so there's, there's like one or two cents to mint an NFT. Wow, yeah, that's quite a bit cheaper than uh, than the other ones. But then when you mint on Singular, then are you restricted to the platforms where you're auctioning it? So you're on a smaller platform. Is that correct? That's correct. But um, I, would, I, would, I would add a but there. <laughs> Uh, remark the, the the technology behind Singular is really gaining traction and especially in the art market so um, where people do really cool kind of, of uh, mostly high quality art and I think it's a good space to be in if you're into that and then for music there is a platform called um, Audius I'll, I'll send you the link too that's specialized uh, for just sound NFTs, so no images or just a cover image. And this, and actually TikTok has recently expressed interest in Audios. And, uh, and of course, at, at that point, their token exploded and gained a lot of value. Um, but it's a very promising platform that's, that's uh, focused on music and that makes discovering music on the platform much easier than on the other platforms that are basically focused on JPEGs or videos or uh, visual content. I see. So it looks like there's a, a split in the market where there's different platforms that are uh, specializing in different kinds of assets. Absolutely right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then how hard is it to go through the process of minting for someone who's not familiar with the, all of the different pieces of cryptocurrencies and setting up wallets and all these other steps that you might have to take. So that's a very good point you, you, you're having there, Asim. Uh, and the, I think the hardest part that you mentioned is uh, setting up the wallets because on all these platforms, you can't mint without having a wallet that's funded in some way. So actually you have to create a wallet. You have to fund it somehow with a, a little bit of cryptocurrency and I mean, there's 
tons of different um, how-tos with step-by-step -step explanations on the internet, but I still find it to be, for people who are totally unfamiliar with cryptocurrencies, to be a little bit intimidating. And I really, really hope that this changes soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, but, but there it, is, it, the steps are out there. You, you have to just sit down and, and go through them. And so it, is, it should be possible to learn these things, but maybe not as easy. Yeah. Definitely. There's hundreds of, of YouTube videos of step-by-step -step explanations with text and, and images that really take you by the hand and lead you through every step of buying cryptocurrencies, deposit, or sending them to your, to your wallet. And as soon as you have a wallet that's, that's funded a little bit, it's actually, I, I'd say minting an NFT is a little bit easier than selling something on eBay. One of the other things I have uh, heard about uh, NFTs is that you can also include smart contracts so that every time the asset is sold, the creator makes a small amount of money. So is that something that's available on all of the blockchains? Or it, can you talk about that? How easy is that to set up? Um, yes. So uh, that, that, that's called a commission, basically. So every time it's sold, you get a certain commission of the of the sale. And um, not all the platforms offer it. For instance, Singular doesn't yet offer it, but will offer it soon. But another cheap platform that's really cool to use is uh, something that's called Hicket Nunc. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link too. And um, yeah, you can actually just set the royalty. You don't have to know a single line of coding. It's just one more field in the in the um, when you mint the NFT. And um, and okay. every time it, get, it gets sold, you will get, for instance, ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent of the of the sale price. What are the pros and cons of that? Is is that something worth setting up, or is it? Would you like if someone's just getting? their feet wet in this area, is it better to just auction their digital asset without worrying too much about commissions? A really good question. I think it depends on, on, on where you see your art and how uh, on your basic, on your strategy. I mean, I think if you, if you just really want to get started in a market and just want to throw two or three NFTs out there to, to kind of get a feel about of the whole medium, then it's probably okay not to worry too much about commission. But basically, I think it's a wonderful thing, especially for um, for visual artists. Because when I think about an artist who really is growing his audience and he's working in that field, right? And so really putting in the work, uh, promoting himself, promoting his work, growing his audience, um, promoting his art, that's a lot of work. And I think as an artist, I'd personally want that to not only affect my work going forward, but also affect how much I earn from my back catalog. Right? So, like, right. I, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't want to set the commission too high because then I think it's, like, kind of ripping off uh, my collectors. But I do want a certain kind of participation. For instance, let's say I spent 10 years really promoting my brand and I make it, to become super huge and have a huge following and my art really appreciates. And then there's this one piece that's like the first of my career and the collector is really good and he's selling it for a huge amount of, of, um, of cryptocurrency, then I'd want to participate in that. 
I, you know, I don't want to have like half of it or even a quarter of it, but like 10%, why not, right? I mean, I created it. Right. The actions of the artist might have caused that value to go up as well. So, so yeah, that seems like a fair Absolutely. arrangement. Absolutely. And I think that's that's exactly the point that you made there, Asim, that, that it's, it's my work of promoting it that's kind of making the art value, more valuable for the collector too. Why shouldn't I be um, uh, participating? Right. And it seems to incentivize the artist to keep putting out good work and keep building their brand. So as a collector, I might be more interested in something where the artist and my incentives are aligned and both of us want the price to appreciate over time. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really good point that actually also from the, from the, uh, from the point of view of the collector, you would be interested in the, in the artist participating a bit because then you know he's going to work, right? He, right. He's, he's more incentive to, to, to put in the work. What does this mean as an artist uh, for other music platforms uh, or other platforms? Does NFT replace them or do they still have value? Like would I publish my music on uh, just music platforms uh, or on, for example, on YouTube or Spotify? Uh, or is this an alternative to them? It's a little early to tell, actually, I think. I think that it's 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 gonna get much bigger than it's now. If it, it if it will really replace the old platforms and if it replaces them, in what way it will replace them. Um it's really hard to tell because like for instance, if I think about streaming, I think the success of Spotify and Tidal um shows that people really love streaming because you pay a flat fee, you have access to all the music, basically, or most of, most of the music that's out there. And um, it's super convenient, right? And when I think about NFTs and doing it with NFTs, it gets a little bit more difficult because basically whenever I purchase an NFT, I have to sign a transaction. So I don't want to sign a transaction every time I, I stream another song. Okay, so this could be automated, but there's a lot to be done before that happens. And um, I'm, I'm really not sure there. I don't know. If, if, if I want to venture, I guess, it, it, will, it will coexist. Like there will be this streaming market that's going to be Spotify or maybe some other platforms that will pay their creators better, which I hope will happen. Um, and then there will be this kind of deluxe... Uh, you know, luxury releases of, of new music that's probably be m more more early in time, so before the streaming starts, and have exclusive access to the artist or to other work that the artist does, and do that on NFTs. This is what I see in the next time. But 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 what's going to happen in the in the future farther ahead? It's uh, I mean, I think there's going to be so much more innovation there that it's super hard to say what's going to happen. If you have let's say I mint a digital asset, is it possible to create an NFT where there can be multiple owners or to split up an NFT into uh, some kind of, like, let's say I, I want to release uh, a, let's say an MP3 file for music and I just want a hundred copies or hundred people to own it. Is that something that NFT supports or is there always just a single owner? No, uh, both. Uh, like you, you, can, you can mint an NFT that has copies so, for instance, like a like a print, right? If you if you go to a shop and you buy a, a print by an artist, you will make probably like a hundred prints, and then you will have one of a hundred, two of a hundred, and so on. 
So that's possible with NFTs too. You can like say, say when minting an NFT, you can say, I want this NFT to have like 25 copies or 100 copies. That's one thing. The other thing that we're seeing now, which is super interesting, is that you have these incredibly valuable NFTs, CryptoPunks, Bard Ape, Yacht Club, these kind of things. And they are so expensive. Like the, the end, most entry-level CryptoPunk at the moment is valued at 160,000 euros, uh, uh, dollars. Sorry, It's very hard for a person to purchase it. So people are actually getting together and purchasing purchasing uh, CryptoPunk as a party. That's called one, one platform is called PartyBit. So a whole party bits on a CryptoPunk and then they share the ownership. And the, sh the shared ownership is also done via a smart contract. So it's actually very, it stays in the whole crypto thing. And the other thing is that there's platforms that what's called fractionalized. So they purchase a CryptoPunk and then they make out of the, out of the CryptoPunk, they make, I don't know, a million tiny units and you can purchase multiple units for a fraction of the price and you're kind of part-time owner. So there's multiple ways to, to spread um, an NFT either at the time of creation or afterwards. What makes you excited about the whole NFT space and what, what do you see for it in the future? So what gets me excited is it's a wonderful way for creators to, to earn a living mm -hmm. because it's so direct. You, have an NFT, and even though you mint it on an NFT and sell it on an NFT, uh, sell the NFT on a platform, you don't actually need the platform for selling it. You could just also just exchange the private keys to the contract, for instance, uh, even on paper. So you don't really need this kind of middleman to to sell your art, which I think is a big plus for creators. Then also, like the rising tide lifts all the ships. So in a way. There's a lot of interest in the format. So for early adopters who are creating interesting content, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to gain traction and to gain an audience. So this is another thing that, that makes, makes it really interesting because it's kind of the cards get reshuffled in a way. So you, you can get in on the ground floor now and, and create an audience in a way that's definitely not possible in the, in the traditional art markets. And the future, I think... There's two things that I think will, will be the main driver of growth in the next two or three years for NFTs. And one is going to be games. So things like Axie Infinity, I think you, you heard about it. They had enormous growth in the last month. It's a, it's a game with these funny little characters that you can trade and equip and everything on that is kind of NFTs that, that have, that work together and you can sell on the blockchain. And, It was so successful that a lot of other gaming companies kind of became super interested in NFTs. And I think games and NFTs is one of the big, big um, motors of growth for NFTs in the next year. And the other one is, I think, uh, collectibles. So, for instance, what NBA Top Shot did with, with these basketball moments, um, I don't know if... When I was a kid, we had this kind of um, books where you put in these stickers of football um, soccer players. So you, you could collect all the soccer players and then you had this um, this book full of the stickers and you could trade them with, with the other uh, kids in your school and so on. And this was super fun. And this is moving to the, to the internet and to the blockchain market now because these kind of trading cards, 
actually were a huge market already, but the market was highly illiquid. Like you had this trading card, you wanted to sell it. That meant you had to send it to a grading company. Uh, a year later, you got it back. You found the buyer. It was super illiquid market. And these people are now rushing into this market where you can trade in seconds. And um, uh, this is will be another big booster, I think, for NFTs as a whole space. Alongside art, of course. Art will always have a place. And uh, I think more and more artists will start using NFTs. But I don't think, from the perspective of artists, that uh, NFTs are, for instance, going to replace paintings that you hang on your wall. Because there will always be a market for a beautiful painting that just hangs on the wall in a nice frame, doesn't need power, doesn't need connection to the internet, and all these things, right? Uh, so thank you, Raph. That was uh, a lot of uh, very interesting and useful information that you shared with us. Uh, uh, so thank you for uh, being with us. Thank you, Asim, for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Mighty Creators. If you enjoyed this interview, please subscribe.